The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the eighth chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, we are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, very truly I tell you, everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. Grace, peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Happy Reformation celebration. What an opportunity to come together. One of my favorite commentaries I heard this last week came from a Methodist pastor. She said, Leave it to the Lutherans to celebrate a schism even 500 years after the fact, right? That's what we're up to, right? We are celebrating the division of the church today, and I got to say, one of my favorite Sundays. I look good in red. As a lifelong red bird, I look good in red. One of two red Sundays the entire year, this in Pentecost, a day filled with the Holy Spirit, a day where we get to sing one of my favorite hymns, A Mighty Fortress, and a day when I can count the tattoo parlor as a professional write-off as a pastor. Really, a lot of opportunities here for us this day. And then, bam, I sat down at my desk to prepare the sermon. Bam! Snacked right there in the face by just how sinful we are. Text after text after text. We look back to the prophet Jeremiah who says, indeed, the, the tribes of Judah and the tribes of Israel, they have broken my covenant. Then we turn to Romans where Paul says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then to top it off, we have John's gospel, which says everyone who has sinned, indeed, is a slave to sin. And here's the secret, we're all sinners. And that, you see, doesn't feel so good. Which is why today, dear people, today isn't just about sin, but more than anything, it's also about grace. Grace, though, is not limited to us Lutherans. Grace isn't limited to Paul. Grace isn't even limited to the New Testament. But instead, grace is a part of who God is. And grace, therefore, is a part of our relationship with that God one and the same. And we get to start with that text out of Jeremiah, a text that opens up by saying, indeed, you people have fallen short of my expectations. I've given you those things called the Ten Commandments, and you've had a rough time following them. But I want you to be reminded, the Ten Commandments aren't rules. They're an opportunity. The Ten Commandments are the ten best ways to live the 10 best ways to live in relationship with God, right? Only have one God. Take time and find holy rest on Sundays. Come to church and cheer on the bears afterwards. That's how we keep a good relationship with God. And then they continue and they say, this is how you keep a good relationship with your neighbor. Don't murder them. 
Try not to steal from them. And at the very least, don't covet the cool toys they've got, right? I mean, this is basic stuff, a real, real low bar. And you want to know what we do? We limbo right under that bar. But the good news is we're not alone. Because clearly, even the faithful people in the house of Judah and the house of Israel had the same issue back then. But what I love, what I love about the prophet Jeremiah speaking today is that Jeremiah reminds us that when we fall short, God gets creative. And God doesn't just brush the people aside, but God says, I will make a new covenant with these people. And when I do, I'm not going to leave anything to chance. I'm going to write the terms directly onto their hearts. I'm going to make it a part of the very fabric of their being so that I no longer have to worry about them teaching it to other people or losing the tablets along the way because instead it will be a part of them. No longer is the, the law written on stones, but it's written on our hearts. And if we're willing to take our hearts and to move away from this, this sort of rocky world in which we live, if we open ourselves up, we will experience grace. And grace today in Jeremiah is a God who both forgives and forgets. And I want to remind you, Luther and his contemporaries didn't discover grace. Grace was written on the hearts of people long before they came around. Grace was written on the hearts of the prophets, perhaps even the hearts of those that were there at creation itself. Grace, you see, is a simple truth that's been there all along. And this truth, according to Paul, then changes our relationships, not just with God and each other, but with the very way in which we live our lives. And that's where Paul takes us, this idea of good works. I'm going to be honest. I really like the idea of doing good things and getting good things. I think that's how the world should work. I do what I'm supposed to do. I get rewarded for it. That's how it should be, right? And what I love about that is it puts me at the center of it. I now have control. I get to do what I need to do to earn God's love and if I don't, then I deserve what I get. But give me a shot. Today, we are reminded that's not how it works. I'm going to tell you a secret. God is not Santa Claus. There is no naughtiness. There is no nice list. Because if there was, no one would be on the nice list. We would all be on the naughty list. But that's the good news. God doesn't have a sticker chart on the wall, right? And every day he stands there and goes, well... You know, he helped that old lady across the street, so that's sticker-worthy. I mean, yeah, he, you know, almost ran another one over, but that's okay. So, sticker today. That's not how it works, right? We need something greater because no matter how hard I try, I can't do enough to justify God's love. But the good news is this. God's love is a gift. God's love is already ours. It's already been given to us through the grace that we experience through Jesus Christ on the cross, there's nothing I can do to earn it. It is already ours. And today, I don't want to forget that it's not like something happened, like Jesus died on the cross and the gift got lost for 1,500 years until Luther's like, oh, look at what I found. The gift was always there. Perhaps Luther and his contemporaries just looked at it in a new way, opened it, 
and challenge themselves to reimagine what grace can mean and look like for them. And the trick for us today is as much as we sit here and we look back to Luther, right? As much as we look back, this isn't about celebrating a historical event. It's about being a part of an ongoing reality. Because the church wasn't just reformed 500 years ago. It's continually changing even yet today. We, dear people, are in a process of reformation still. And you don't have to look that far to see it. Think about all the things that have changed in just the last two years alone. If you look around the assembly gathered here locally, the body of Christ today, it does not look the same as it did a few years ago. We've had a variety of difficult goodbyes, but also many wonderful welcomes through this process as well. This body of Christ does not look the way it did before, and it may never look this way again, and that's okay. During these last two years, I've become a televangelist. I'm waiting for the checks to roll in. They haven't yet, but one day maybe, right? But what we realize is something pretty remarkable, that God is not limited by location. And I'm going to be honest, as a pastor, I kind of sometimes thought that was the case. Either you're in the sanctuary or you're out. But now we see that we are able to reach people in all places, right? And the beauty of it is, is that all of God is everywhere. And all the gifts that God gives are everywhere. God's love and God's grace and God's mercy is not confined to this space for an hour at a time on a Sunday. But it is experienced wherever we open our hearts to receive that gift. One constant, one thing at the center of it all is the real presence of Christ in all places, written on our hearts. That is the key for us. And that's what makes today so special. We have four young people who in just a little bit are going to come up and they're going to take their place at the table. No more goldfish for them. They're going to take their place at the table and they're going to experience the real presence of Christ. They're going to hold in their hands that which is already written on their hearts. God's law and God's gospel. A way of living in community with each other, but a way of forgiving when we fall short. Because that's the joy of this day. We are reminded that in our brokenness, we are given the broken body of Christ to renew us, to reform us, to make us whole again. Yeah, today we celebrate Luther. Today I get to show off my tattoos. But today we also celebrate law and gospel. We celebrate sinners and saints. Today, we celebrate the grace at the center of the good news. I want to remind you, the good news of the gospel is not just ours. It's not just for Lutherans, and it's not just for saints. It is for everyone, because all of God is everywhere. And with it, all of God's love, 
God's grace, God's mercy, and forgiveness. And that is bigger than our church can or ever will be. And that, dear people, is good news. Good news for you, good news for me, good news for creation. So thanks be to God this day and always. Amen.